Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a, uh, a new episode of the QB Draw. We have a special guest here tonight uh, alongside myself and John, as usual. Tonight, we have uh, Patrick Mayhorn of Buckeye Sports Bulletin. Patrick, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of... Uh, we're... we're uh, everyone who listens to this show definitely knows about you, but uh, why don't you introduce yourself anyway? Yeah, I feel like um, I feel like young thug talking to little baby and Gunna here. Like I, it's sort of it's it's very fun for me to uh, to be on here. Yeah, it's uh, I, for those of you who who do not know me, I am from Buckeye Sports Bulletin. I'm the associate editor there. I also run um, the Outside Zone newsletter, which is a G5 newsletter, and I host um, Flipping the Field with Ryan Donnelly, which is a, a bad fo- college football podcast that people can listen to if they like national stuff. Um, and the Buckeye Sports Bulletin podcast with Wyatt Grosher. Um, I, I think that's about all that I all that I do. I, I would assume, like you guys said, that that most there's there's probably a decent amount of overlap here. But um, yeah, I'm I'm excited for uh, for what we have planned today. Excited to be on, John. Yeah, I mean, quite frankly, I'm not sure how you would have found us without finding <laughs> Patrick first. Um, we, we are two of the Cretans that live in his mentions on Twitter. Um, so it's good to finally virtually meet you here. Really excited to, we've got a cool exercise we're going to go through today. Um, as, uh, do you want to kind of go through what the rules are and what we're going to be yeah, doing? Uh, after some, after some light chit chat to start, we are going to be doing a, uh, Buckeye football fantasy draft, basically, uh, each drafting our own team of coaches and players or one coach and players since uh, the beginning of the Jim Trestle era. Um, I think this should be a fun time. Um, You know, like, I'm excited to see what teams we put together, what sort of specific strategies uh, the three of us go for. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Before we get into things, I do want to give, uh, I want to give Patrick a a chance to sort of clear his name, if you will. Because I think the, I think the, general Buckeye Twitter freak community can be pretty split on Patrick. Some think he's like a, a Buckeye hater. Some think he's a, uh, a Buckeye um, homer. And I, I just want to give Patrick the chance to uh, clarify his position. <laughs> oh man. Um, you put me on the spot here. I, uh, I, I, so <laughs> I have a, I have a bizarre relationship with Ohio state football, with Ohio state sports in general. Um, because, and I think I've talked about this on pod- podcast before I, I did grow up in Columbus and I did grow up uh, around Ohio state fans and as an Ohio state fan, but then, you know, I started writing about Ohio state for first as a part-time thing and then for a, for a living. And, um, I think, and, and I'm apparently alone in thinking this on the Ohio state beat, uh, <laughs> I think you shouldn't root for the team that you cover. And so I just sort of stopped having that part of my brain. Um, and I, I, it's my, my negativity about Ohio state when there is negativity about Ohio state is honestly less about Ohio state and more about the fact that I'm surrounded by a bunch of people who do not ever say anything bad about Ohio state. And it's, it's sort of an attempt to offer an olive branch to uh, what I, I think is a, not you know lacking part of the fan base that doesn't want just sunshine all of the time um and i started doing that several years ago and now that's just sort of the thing that i do uh but i i i, I want to i do want to be clear here i don't hate ohio state i don't love ohio state i just try to cover them uh regularly and i think that um on on a beat as saccharine as ohio states that can come off as as being a hater i understand and i, I do not uh 
I, I do not I do not begrudge anyone for thinking that, but I, I, I really don't I really don't hate Ohio State. I don't really have any thoughts in either direction on Ohio State positive or negative. Well, yeah, we really appreciate you, you clearing your name there. Um, you know, obviously, I can't imagine uh, it's an easy job to hold, uh, you know, Ohio State accountable when your co-host is literally uh, Ryan, um, who who loves to uh, loves to stoke the flames and be the be the fan. And like, um, I think that's cool. And like, you know, obviously, Wyatt is super professional as well in, in that regard. Like with the way he talks about and covers the team. And like you guys do a great job, obviously, um, but it is funny just to, to see like uh, like Ryan's online behavior as it compares <laughs> to yours. Like, uh, man, um, obviously the news of the day uh, with as it pertained to Michigan hiring their defensive coordinator from Vanderbilt. Uh, Ryan had a had a mini Twitter rant about that, and I thought that was really funny. When you can hire the Vanderbilt defensive coordinator, you just got to do it. I mean, you you, you, have, to, you have to do that. Got got to take that yeah. opportunity. I mean, come on. We're, Always, always looking for for folks to ways to, to hire folks associated with the Vanderbilt University. Um, That's right. Bringing some Nashville to Ann Arbor. That's what they're saying. Um, oh God! What what do you guys? Before we get into the draft, I, that's really the only thing that's happened um, in in a minute is the Harbaugh sort of uh, soap opera. Like, what are y'all's thoughts on where that program is headed and like how this sort of uh, I don't know, but kerfuffle let's call it has affected their outlook i mean it doesn't seem necessarily super positive i don't i don't know if you can swing you know losing both coordinators in one offseason as a positive thing especially when i mean i was i was pretty joe pro josh gaddis it was pretty pro mike McDan- mike mcdonald and i think that losing both of those guys is uh bad it's going to be bad for yeah. just about any program especially one that is sort of a, uh, I don't think fledgling power, power is fair to say, because it is a power program, but one that was starting to gain some momentum. Um, I, I do think that Jim Harbaugh is good at hiring assistants generally, and I, I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, I, I certainly don't love the hire that he's just made at defensive coordinator, but I don't know if I'm ready to cast it aside as being like awful, just you know, sight unseen. Uh, but they're, they're losing a decent chunk of coaches, and admittedly the NFL thing is just not, a great look, even if I don't think it's going to impact them severely on the trail um, in the long term. And so it, it's sort of just they're in this weird spot where they're happy to get Jim Harbaugh back. And obviously, you you, you know, they should be. They just went to the playoff. But also, it, it kind of feels like a, a, a reset similar to the one that they had before the 2021 season, except this one was not, you know, a reset for positive. It was a reset because you have a bunch of people leaving out of the blue. And I, I just, I'm curious to see how he handles that. Cause it's, it's really hard to make two very good hires in back-to-back off seasons, essentially, which Gaddis came on a couple years ago, but that's a lot of attrition to, to deal with in such a short period of time. Yeah. I think, I think you, you hit the nail on the head there with regards to the attrition thing. And, and, and in particular, the way, you know, the um, McDonald thing, for me, isn't you know as as big of a deal. Him going to the NFL, like obviously you can't step in the way of, of that. But losing a coordinator to a, a lateral move to a, a different school, obviously he's getting paid more, so there's reasons for that. But I don't know, just the, the the things that are coming out about what was going on, and 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 it appears that there might have been some bad blood there. I don't know, like in the text that got leaked out that like he sent to the players saying not wanting to be somewhere where he's not wanted anymore, and and things like that, like. I do think a lot of this could have been nipped in the butt by, you know, 
there was just, I, I guess, entering the season, there was some bad blood very clearly between Harbaugh and the athletic department. Like, and I understand it from his perspective. They cut his pay, and you know, he um, obviously felt like he was deserving of like a, a long term extension or something like that. But I don't know. It's just, just it feels like his flirtation with the NFL, though. Like you said, it, it might not be a, a, a nail in a coffin or anything. It was certainly enough to probably make uh, you know uh, coordinators and, and folks in the staff to evaluate where they stood within the program as well. And that probably, you know, if, if Harbaugh comes out or if Michigan comes out and immediately after the playoff announces Harbaugh, like, you know, extension or something like that, then, well, maybe, you know, uh, Gaddis sticks around for an extra year to try and like, you know, we'll, we'll recapture the fire and get the band back together, you know, again and, and stuff like that. So um, I'm just curious to see where it goes. Like, obviously, like you said, I think Harbaugh has proven himself to be a competent head coach. Um, at this point, um, and, and has done well hiring before. Uh, it's just a lot of folks to hire. And also, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, when, whenever you lose a, a guy like uh, Aiden Hutchinson, it, it, it becomes a lot, it, it's a hard task to ask, you know, other folks around the program to pick up the slack that, that he, um, he brought out there. Um, but yeah, just, just, It'll be interesting to see where it goes from here, but definitely strange times yeah. in Ann Arbor. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't hold the Gattis thing against him. Anytime you can go work for Mario Cristobal and uh, Hard Rock Stadium, I mean, you just got to take it. Like that's a no brainer. Um, jokes aside, do we want to uh, get drafted? Yeah, let's do it. Should I uh, yeah. explain the rules a little bit to our loyal uh, eighteen list? Eighteen, uh, eight. We'll we'll say eight listeners. Um, <laughs> We should have included them all in this exercise, yes. by the way. Yes. Whether it's Zoom and all 10 of us. Dude's drafting like and- Rod Hall because there's like 10 people <laughs> drafted. <laughs> um, okay. So how this is going to work, uh, usual fantasy snake draft. Not building a fantasy team, by the way. I'm just using that because it's like uh, we're building real teams. Real teams. Um, or at least attempting to. Um, any player uh, under uh, since the beginning of the Trestle era is fair game. And you're drafting, like, we are drafting the peak of the player within reason. So, like, you can draft, like, you know, this is the example I gave them, 2016 Jerome Baker before Billy Davis got to him. But you can't draft, like, a one-game sample, like, Indiana Jalen Marshall, like, where he scored four touchdowns, and, like, that was probably as many touchdowns as he scored in the entire rest of his career. Um, and the other thing is we are drafting O-lines as units just to uh, keep things a little bit more uh, concise, we'll say. But yeah, that's it. Um, I, through a uh, hotly contested online dice roll, have secured the first coaching pick. Um, and given that there aren't these coaches aren't recruiting, I am going to take Jim Tressel. Bastard. <laughs> It's a strong pick. I, I believe I have the second pick. Correct. 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 Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna shock the nation here with this one. I'm gonna take Urban Let's Meyer. Let's go. As my, <laughs> uh, I, I do have. I have my reasons for this that will become apparent very quickly. But I'm, I'm going with Herbs for my for my coaching spot. Let's go. Well, that leaves me in the position to uh, take one of my favorite guys, as you guys all know, by following me online, uh, Ryan Day. Uh, him and I both uh, New England guys at heart. So uh, it'll be interesting working with with Ryan. Couple us. Soy boys putting together the next great Ohio State football team. 
Yeah, not from the great state of Ohio. <laughs> no, yeah. that does mean, however, you have the first uh, player pick. So who's oh, it going to be? Man, uh, like it, 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 you would be remiss. Like I think at this point to have a draft like this and not draft the best overall player in the in the era. And that, to me, would have to be 2006 Troy Smith. I am going with Troy Smith with the first overall pick. I, one, at one point in my life, lost a bet. I bet my uncle that he would be a first-round NFL talent. And I, that was the first time I, my little heart had ever been, been let down. And uh, I would not let him slide past the first round in this one. In your defense, he was a first round talent. He was just five foot eight. And so, yeah. yes, <laughs> that, I remember that, that. Patrick, didn't you have a YouTube video about this way back when I, I that was fantastic yeah. content. I got to say, um, <laughs> that was uh, that would have been the land grant days. I, uh, I, I sort of tried to project out what he would have done one in a Ryan day offense and two, like where he would have gone had he been six, two or six, three. And yeah. basically what I found was that he would have put up roughly like Dwayne Haskins stats and probably would have gone in the top 10 picks. Just a, just a sad, uh, sad missing of, of time there for mm-hmm. him is, I mean, even now, you know, if you're, if you're five eleven as a quarterback, that is not a, that's not a death knell. Um, just, uh, you just happened to be in the wrong damn yeah. era where yeah. he convinced, and, and that was like the perfect amount of time too, where it was like prime Brady and uh, Brady and Manning. So we had convinced the world that actually being having any sort of athletic ability for, at the quarterback position was a net negative. Um, yeah. So yeah, shout out to Troy. Um, call an Uber if you can. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the one of uh, a long line of quarter of Ohio state quarterbacks to find themselves in that sort of tradition. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's really a, a bizarrely strong here. Yeah. Um, um i am uh i'm also gonna take a quarterback and i'm going to take and this is gonna give away the build of my team entirely here i'm gonna take braxton miller um i don't care which year of braxton miller it was uh, probably not 2011 but 2012 or 2013 either one is fine uh i'm taking braxton miller i'm putting him at quarterback uh i was gonna say we're (laughs) how versatile are you trying to get here Wide receiver, running back, like you know, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's the always my favorite part about him was he was just the Swiss Army knife and the coolest, the coolest. Like you know, obviously his shoulder fell apart and he couldn't throw a football anymore. But then coming back as a wide receiver, man, I, I couldn't say enough good things about that guy. Um, Another guy. He was at Ohio State. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Since then, maybe not not quite so much. But another guy who just just timing was off because if he's at Ohio State as a wide receiver six years later, he would get actually coached instead yeah. of uh, <laughs> you know just kind of touted around uh, by Zach Smith. Uh, that so something that I just a a stat that I have always sort of harken back to whenever I'm thinking about Ohio State football teams. Do you guys remember how many yards per game that 2013 team averaged like running the ball? It was, was it was it like 200 something? It was nuts. <laughs> they averaged 308.6 yards per game. That's that's unreal. Yeah. They were, they had, uh, yeah. They, 
2,000 yard rushers. Braxton was one of them. And then Carlos Hyde also was over 1,500 yards. Like they just, they were going crazy. Um, and that, that team was so much fun to watch. I, I will always have a special place in my heart for the 2013 running game. And so Braxton Miller is my, he's my. I'm not getting that fourth and one was like 12 year old me heart shattered into a million pieces. I, that was, that was a tough one. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm a little bit surprised I'm in the position to take this guy. Um, you know, I, he might be my generation's Troy Smith without the Heisman. I'm taking Justin Fields, and I'm, I'm feeling good about it. Um, I think he's, uh, you know, he's probably the most physically talented quarterback to ever play at Ohio State. I would say the best quarterback in Ohio State history. Now I understand why you'd go with Troy or Braxton, but um, I- I'm really happy with Justin Fields here. I hope, hopefully, Tressel can, uh, you know, broaden his horizons a little bit, like he did in 2006. But uh, I'm, I'm confident that he will. With my uh, first pick of the second round, I'm going to take Ted Ginn Jr. Bastard. <laughs> hmm. I'm not sure if he's the best player on the board, but, um, you know, he, my original favorite football player and also just uh, electric. Yeah, Patrick, we're going to have to build defenses here if we're going to give Justin Fields throws the ball as far as he can and Ted Ginn just runs as fast as he can. Um, Yeah, we're going to have to build strong defenses. See, that's that that ties in here to my my next pick. I was just thinking, you know, I'm going to have to find an answer to these to these quarterbacks. I'm going to draft Chase Young. I, I think that he's the best defensive end probably in Ohio State history. Um, I think that the easiest way to build a defense is around a dominant defensive end. And so I'm going to get Chase Young right on the board. That's a, a very, very strong pick there. Um, oh, man. Now I've got my next pick. And you know what? I'm going to go a little bit off the beaten path here. Um, and, and that's going to be what you'll find about my team is probably not going to be great, but the vibes are going to be probably interesting. <laughs> so um, I am going to go with, again, versatility, elect, ele- uh, you know, electricity, that whole thing. I'm going to go with Chris Gamble, right? Um, a guy who can do a little bit on, on both sides of the ball. Um, and like we said, we need a defensive back who's, who's solid, um, who, who racked up some interceptions in, during his time at Ohio State, uh, obviously. Um, large member or main member of the national championship season in 02. So I think I'll go with Chris Gamble. I like it. I think that's a solid pick. I, I am going to take uh, appeal to the CPAC and EDM crowds here. Uh, I'm going to take Joey Bosa. Wow. There we go. Brave, someone brave enough to take Joey Bosa. Uh, well, uh, if we're going to go with Bosa Brothers, man. Oh, wow. Um, oh, wait, is it? It's Patrick's turn. I, I'm lost. Are we, did we miss a, I, thought we were doing sp- it's, yeah, I think we might've missed a, I think we might've missed a pick. Oh, wait, did I miss this? Oh, wait, no. Oh, John gets to go twice in a row. I'm, I'm an idiot. Well, well now I, I need still, to draft I Bosa. Stole a card. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, yeah. You you went one Bosa. You know we we all there's three defensive ends I think that that would be chosen here, and uh, I think we're about to to knock them out of the park. Obviously we have Chase Young already gone. We know where Ez is going, so I'll I'll, I'll go Nick Bosa just to not steal a pick from from uh, from and ultimately too like it's uh, 
we, we, you know, maybe Nick's flew a little too close to the sun uh, during his time at, at Ohio State, but some of his numbers were just bonkers. So I got to go with one of those. I, yeah, I think he's, um, I think he's probably better than Joey is. Um, but I don't think that the reason when I stole your pick unknowingly that I picked Joey was, um, and you know, this probably doesn't make uh, an effect in a scenario like this where we're just making fake teams. But um, it's just Nick not getting really that full dominant season. And I mean, he was really um, in, in 2017, he was really part of a pretty balanced four man rotation. And, uh, you know, you can quibble with that if you want, but it, it, it worked out pretty well that season. 2018 was primed to be his year as the guy, obviously. And then uh, he got hurt against TCU. Um, so I went Joey for the full, you know, is 2015 was underwhelming compared to his 2013 but i mean who's what who wasn't that year um i think you can chalk that up to coaching um so i pick i go joey bosa next i am gonna take i think i gotta slide one in here real yeah, quick yeah no Patrick's i messed it up pick. again <laughs> yes i'm an idiot i'm an idiot i didn't want to i'm not talk. i'm not taking bosa so you're you're okay. fine to you're fine to I've, lay on I've that completely but... my brain is <laughs> You're fine. It happens. Uh, I'm, I'm going to stick on defense. I'm actually going to stick with the 2019 defense either. I'm going to grab Jeff Okuda at, uh, at cornerback. That's a that's a good pick. Um, I wanted yeah. a true lockdown, and I don't know if there's a better one in that era other than like maybe maybe Malcolm Jenkins. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm going to remember. Uh, this is a remembering some guys episode. <laughs> we course. started it with Wyatt last week, and now we're going all in. Yeah. We're just going all in on remembering some guys. There's going to be, if nobody picks him soon, I'm going to follow the cornerback uh, again. I'll, I'll draft my second cornerback. And, uh, yeah, we'll we'll let, uh, as, as you've right. got your two picks. All right. And then it's, yeah. <laughs> so I think we know where we're going with the, with this yeah. one. I'm taking Joey Bosa to everyone's shock. Who, who could have seen it coming? Um, with the second pick of this uh, back-to-back, I'm going to take the 2014 offensive line. That's I, uh, you've, yeah. You've snatched it out from under me. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'll, I'll I'm gonna go in sort of a similar vein. Then uh, if I can't have the 2014 one, I'm gonna take the 2013 one, which was pretty much identical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are basically the same guys. I think uh, did did 2014? Yeah, they they I think they would have had pretty much the exact same guys, save for maybe Jack Newport. Marcus Hall got replaced. Yeah, uh, Marcus famously, Hall. that's right. Goat yep. legend. <laughs> I think I did a video about him too. It was, it was the Dontre Wilson thing. Um, we uh, we we love we love just doing videos about about uh, guys to remember. Yes. that's I think the best. Yeah, uh, the a best guy to remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, famous famous film, a guy to remember. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess if we're going O lines, I will go. 2005 O-line. I mean, that's uh, that's probably a cop-out answer because 06 was like probably just as good. Um, the thing that stood out about 05 to me is you get uh, you get Nick Mangold in there, um, and and that to me is is a big addition. Obviously, a guy who went on to be a, a, a stalwart in the NFL. Um, what that, I'll go with the 05 line and our uh, our favorite podcaster or ex-podcaster, I don't know where he is, uh, will be included in that. <laughs> Inmate. As well. <laughs> yep. 
And John, then, I believe yeah. you've got another one. Yeah. Yeah. I've got another one. I'm going to go Chimdi Chekwa. I don't know if that name rings a bell. I have no idea who that is. Absolutely. Chimdi Chekwa and Ashton Ubodi are the two, the first two cornerbacks I remember. Yeah. I, I remember being like dead set that Chimdi, Chimdi Chekwa was like who like Okuda was before Okuda. Like he had all the buzz about him in college. Like he was, he was that guy. And, um, you know, I hope, I hope he's out there doing well. I mean, he was, he ended up being, um, drafted in the, uh, he was in the fourth round, but he was, he was a lockdown kind of corner type guy. Uh, one of my favorite players. And like, I, what you guys will find is a lot of my emotional ties to Ohio state football date back to the trestle era. Um, cause I was, I went into college in 2013, so early in the urban era. So I kind of, you know, being at college, it was weird, like it, going to a school that wasn't Ohio State, it was weird to kind of like keep up with Ohio State. So, and obviously the 2014 season was huge, but like, so there were ebbs and flows in my fandom. But like when Chekwa was there, he was one of my all time favorite guys. So I would be remiss to not have him on this team. I, I have long held the opinion that the Trestle era is sort of the ideal for what Ohio State football should be, which is like perpetually number seven in the country and winning the Big Ten, going to the Rose Bowl, not quite national title good, but very good. Uh, I, I think that's what they're supposed to be just spiritually and, and breaking free of that is morally incorrect. <laughs> well, that's, that's kind of what it comes down to, too, is like, you know, there's going to be a heartbreaking loss during the year, but like that's okay. That's, that's life, right? Like you, you don't. And, and, and that's really where I think, you know, a lot of us have been jaded by the whole thing is like, you know, and that's where like in, in some ways, and you alluded to it on the BSB pod, but like losing to Michigan here feels healthy because, Oh, right. Like we can lose that game and like life goes on and it makes it more fun when you win that game. But I remember, you know, when beating beating Michigan was a big, big deal. And like like you said, like, yeah, we, you know, the just the slop of football that they were playing for the majority of that era, like it, it once once Trestle left, like it was like this for sure the sign of like the machine was coming. Um, yeah. especially when when uh when Urban took over. But man, I, I do look back on those days and like, you know. It it, it it was cool to go and play like um, Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl in, in like 2005 and like, um, you know, just just a lot of a lot of cool opportunities. But yeah, Jim D was one of those guys like late Trestle era who uh, was was a star and, you know, um, I, I would love to have him on my team. Sure. My uh, like my all time favorite game, and I know I'll never see one of these ever again. Was like the two thousand nine Iowa game. And it's just that can't ex- that, that can't happen anymore. It was like a twenty one twenty one overtime. You know, they they win it twenty four twenty one on a field goal. It's like that just doesn't exist yeah. anymore. That doesn't that doesn't happen. Um, I, I'm I'm a little bit torn here because I think that I could keep improving my defense, but there are so many good wide receivers on the board, and I think I want to get one of them. Uh, to pair with Braxton, who I, I don't think ever outside of like Devin Smith really had a great receiver. Corey Brown was okay, but um, I'm going to go and I'm I'm going to grab Garrett Wilson. I, I think that uh, I, I think that as a a building block of the offense, we're not going to throw the ball a whole lot, but having Garrett Wilson always open on every play feels like a, a a major plus for Braxton, who could hit open receivers, just didn't really do a whole lot beyond that as a passer. 
Yeah, I think that's a solid pick. I will say before I think it's my pick this time, right? Am I? Am I? Okay. All right. All yes. right. No more steal in the card. Um, <laughs> I, I will say, unfortunately, as a child of the Urban Meyer era, uh, my brain is programmed to to lust after national championships. So uh, unfortunately, I am wired that way, and uh, so I can't be content with this uh, this Trestle era romanticism y'all speak of. Um, I wish I wish I could get my brain there so I could be less uh, anxious about Ohio State football. Listen, Trestle won just as many titles as that Urban is true. Did. That, that is and, true. Uh, quite a few more. Infinite times as many as Ryan Day has. Well, we'll <laughs> right. yeah, I'll right. get mathematician on the line here to remind <laughs> you. This is a math podcast. This is number file. Yes. Official oh no. Math <laughs> podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yep. All right. So I am going to take Marshawn Lattimore. Um, I, you know, I think he's, unless there is another guy in the sort of, uh, 2000s that I don't know about, I think he's the best corner left on the board. I think I need a corner and, uh, that's the guy I'm going to take. Um, next, you know, I, I'm conflicted about this. The the people at PFF might send a hit out on me for doing this, but I'm going to take a running back, and I'm going to take Ezekiel Elliott, which um, I, I, I thought about uh, Maurice Claret, but um, I, I just got to go with Zeke. Understandable. Yeah, the uh, the conversation on, on, on Claret gets tough because obviously the high was as high as anybody's really ever been, but like... It was only one year, right? And uh, all of the stuff that ensued, like that broke my that broke me as a child, though. Like, you know, that he couldn't go. Like, and and honestly, should probably have set a precedent that, like, you know, running backs should be able to go after one year. Like, only running backs. Just yeah, if a running back has like 500 carries in his lifetime, he should be able to have all of them as a pro when he's getting paid, right? Yeah. Um, we do not need three years of, of Ezekiel Elliott taking taking wax in the backfield. Um, we don't need seven hundred years of of Master Teague. Um, I would say we do. Yeah. Uh, you do, <laughs> not I. No. <laughs> yeah, I think we always could use a little bit more Master in our lives. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm glad. That- Friend of the pod, Master Teague. I, I I know for a fact he doesn't listen to this, but if he did, he'd be our friend. <laughs> I'm glad I was yeah. there for Master Teague Senior Day. The the chance of uh, Teague throughout the Ohio Stadium it was a special <laughs> moment. See the 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 uh, the crowd still does have that that <laughs> desire for Trestle era just dull shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's really not good. <laughs> He, he he averaged four yards carry, and technically that's a first down. <laughs> just you do it three times, he's going to get you there. Just deeply ingrained in in the Columbus person's brain, a, a thirst uh, for it's in, the, it's in their blood. They see a very big running back who can't move at all, and they're like, "That's perfect. That's exactly what I want." <laughs> oh man, am I? Uh, I think so. Yes. Okay. All right. I uh, I'm gonna take another difference maker here in my secondary. I'm gonna pair up two that I think would have been just an absolute nightmare to deal with had they played together. Um, and I have to make sure I say the right one here because if I say the wrong one, it's it's gonna be a disaster for me. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> no. No. I'm gonna go with Malik Hooker, who is the, good, right. the good uh the the good hooker brother. 
um, because I have so often not said Malik when I am trying to refer to Malik. So I'm, I'm taking Malik Hooker at safety and I'm pairing him up with Jeff Okuda at corner and I am uh, yeah. completely shutting down every opposing passing game. Yeah, yeah, we're we're just simply not passing the ball on on your defense. Malik Hooker, uh, yeah, is probably one of my that is definitely is one of my favorite Buckeyes ever. Um, one of my favorites to watch ever. That's a fantastic pick. I'm I'm mad I kind of uh, didn't didn't snatch him up sooner, but uh, he was a monster. Yeah. He was so good that 2016. I've never season. seen anything like it. Like and people who nine interceptions yeah. as a safety and people don't because he's just been hurt in the NFL. Like people who don't didn't watch Ohio State that season, like. They don't get how good he was. Like, he was so un... And, like, yeah, he had nine interceptions. Like, what, he housed, like, three of them and should have been four if it wasn't for a holding? Like... Yeah. Yeah, he he played out of his mind that whole season. I remember being so surprised by how good he was because he was not, like, a highly... No, he was, like, a three-star. Like, uh... Just came out of nowhere. It's like, oh, yeah, this guy's a monster. It's funny how how they gave a legacy scholarship to to Marcus Hooker, but not, like, Antoine Winfield Jr. Like, yeah... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I deserve to. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Urban only holds he he only holds those allegiances to guys who he coached. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. The the allegiance ends there. Um, man. Uh, next, I am. You know what? I'm gonna stick with the running back. Uh, I think I'm gonna go Carlos Hyde because he was he was a monster at times at Ohio State, and he's another one of those guys that's just from that. From that early, early uh, urban era that just, I don't know, he just seemed like a monster in college. He, I mean, he, the guy was like 245 pounds. It's <laughs> just impossible to bring down. Yeah, so I'm pairing him in a backfield. You got six foot, 240 pound uh, Carlos Hyde right next to Troy Smith. And <laughs> you just got to, yeah, it's just a battering ram. Listen, your, uh, so, yeah. your pass protection has got to be really good if you're if you're working with the 2005 line because big yep. games they're going to be drunk. You got to just keep <laughs> they're going. absolutely going to be hammered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's something you got to keep in mind with these guys. And then I get a second pick. All right, now I got to start drafting receivers, I believe, huh, or other people to throw the ball to. Um, Hmm. I think you know what I, I think again in um, you know in lieu of, of of trying to be too recency biased like and and obviously uh, this season wasn't the season he anticipated it to be but I think I'm gonna go Chris Olave um, just because again I think like Troy Smith um, can throw mm-hmm. the ball like a, like a mile and Chris Olave taking the top off the defense was never a bad thing so I think I'll go Chris Olave. I like the pairing. I think that's a good fix. He's he's such a good deep threat, and they, he kind of it kind of seemed like he didn't really want to be near the end of his no. career. Like he yeah. wanted to do some other stuff, but I think if you can convince him to just be a deep threat, he's really really good at that. Um, I'm gonna go here. I kind of have my pick of the litter of the remaining running backs, and it came down to two of them for me. Um, and I think just stylistically, uh, one fits better than the other. I think Maurice Claret is the better of these two players, but I'm gonna go with J.K. Dobbins. I think J.K. Dobbins oh, next yeah. to Braxton Miller in what I'm I'm sort of envisioning as basically an option, mm-hmm. like a spread option, 2013 style offense. Um, I think that J.K. Dobbins is nasty in that next to Braxton, and so I'm going with him here. I think that's a fantastic pick. Um, you know, uh, I, I think if you, the weakness of J.K. Dobbins is what like his chops in the passing game, both blocking and uh, receiving, and I don't think that's yeah. an issue with uh, with Braxton Miller. 
Um, no, no, no. So, yeah, I think, again, I'm going to anger PFF. I'm going to take an off-ball linebacker. I'm going to go with Ryan Shazier with this pick. Um, Ooh, yeah. I, well, it, linebacker is so tough, too, because there are, like, four right, good ones. Yeah, you got, <laughs> yeah. like, him, Darren Lee, like, Jerome Baker, kind of. Um, it, I, I don't. I don't believe anyone who says the the Trestle era linebackers were good. You know, I wasn't watching too much back then, or at least watching critically. But I, I don't believe you if you say that. Um, I mean, they were good between the hash marks, and then if they went out, marks, it would explode. Uh, they were, that was that was like the epitome of the um, you know really the epitome of the the Trestle era as a whole was like that that two thousand seven national championship game. Um, or 2000, I guess it was the, for the 2006 season, where it was just like any time that, you know, a- anything that Florida wanted to get, they were just getting because they were so much faster than Ohio State was used to. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, you're going to run into some issues there if you're Ohio State. Yeah. yeah. Um, with my uh, second pick of this round, I am going to go with Cam Hayward. Mm. Oh yeah, that's sort of hit. anchor the defensive line in on the interior uh, to pair with Joey Bosa on the outside. Yeah, put him a little bit of yeah, everywhere. Yeah, have you guys seen his um the, the I think it was the 2009 season Rose Bowl what he did to that organ? I watch those highlights from time to time, and yeah, it's pretty nutty. Just, well, just that's another guy we, we we didn't talk about or didn't draft. Terrell Pryor was a fucking yeah. monster for yeah. at, yeah. at Ohio State, and um, again like. I feel like he was robbed of like his, you know, obviously that 2011 season, like if, if he's there, it's like kind of a different story. Like um, I'm sure like, you know, obviously the wheels don't fall off as fast, but like he was kind of robbed of that seminal moment, but man, he had some moments like in his career, like he was, and, and he was that guy, he was the first, I think, first recruit I remember being like, whoa, this is a big deal. Because like, yeah. I remember the, the gist was like the write-up was he was going to play basketball at at, uh, at Penn State and stuff like that. And he was a world-class basketball player. And I was like, you know, I was like 10 or, you know, 13 at the time. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever heard in the world. So <laughs> Didn't um, he drop yeah. it during like an Ohio State-Michigan basketball game? Because it was OSU, Michigan, and Penn State, right? It, it, I don't know. Um, I was. I, I remember he he committed. I think he signed and committed well after signing. Yeah, yeah. He played by his own rules. There was something that was, at like an all star game. I I forget what it was, but one of the high school, like I don't know, he might have flashed an OH or like, but he was hinting yeah. at it. But an early early version, like all these guys now who like try to drum up uh, dramatics for their recruitment need to take notes from Terrell Pryor because he did it uh, master class. E- even as a young lad, I remember being just all the way intrigued with everything going on. I, I've got a, uh, a, a from the archives of BSB brief Terrell Pryor recruiting story. Let's here. Go. Um, it's I, I'm not going to name the writer because I don't want to I don't want to out him. <laughs> but uh, okay, when we were covering that recruitment, this was it sort of been you know, 2007 ish. Um, the, the writer who was doing recruiting for us at the time mentioned this guy who was involved in the recruitment, who we thought was just like a high school coach or, you know, a, a family friend or something like that. And as it turns out, the guy that he mentioned was basically Pryor's handler, like, like the, the money oh. guy and the guy called them. He called our, our recruiting guy and he's like, don't ever put my name in the newspaper. <laughs> I think you do it. 
You can't do that. I think Doug LaMaurice talked about this guy one time. I think I know who you're talking about. <laughs> he was he was admittedly he didn't do a great job of keeping his name out of no. the newspapers. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I that's just that's a nightmare scenario. As you you mentioned, somebody and they call you like, don't put me in the newspaper. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that Pryor's uh, Pryor's recruitment. I remember like 2006-ish, before his recruitment had really started to take off. And this was before, you know, it was a super big thing that everybody knew about. I remember seeing like a Sports Illustrated brief about him. And it was like, this guy is the best basketball and football recruit in the country. Well, that was and, that was the, how you learned about this shit back in the day. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's, it's Patrick and I uh, waxing poetic to Ed. He's never <laughs> in his life. But that was how we used to learn about this shit was we'd get like, it was faces in the crowd, I think. Was yes, like, yes, 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 exactly. Thing. Yep, and you got like one write-up a week, like, or you get like three or four write-ups a week about like, it could be about anything. And, you know, that was how you found out about most high school recruiting. And like, yeah, like... like I, I can picture it. I'm going to see if I can find a picture of it and send it to you guys, but I can picture the the actual article itself. And it's a, it, it really shows how big of an article head I am because I was like seven. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm reading Sports Illustrated. And I'm like seven years old, um, <laughs> so I'll, uh, I'll I'll have to try and find that. Sometime. Oh wait, no, but, I remember. Uh, you just unlocked like some repress. I remember faces in the crowd. Jeez, like yeah. yes, yes. I'm like oh, that sounds, but it was like one of the Sports Illustrated like back pages. Yes, um, yeah, they would half page yeah. of it. It would be they'd have a they'd have a different story on the other page, and then it would just be a box with the faces in the crowd. I, I remember that. And yeah. the last page was always uh, Rick Riley, a story from oh, man. a while before he <laughs> fell off. Like, I remember, because again, he was like one of those guys that early, like, in my reading era, you know, like I, I was, I, I got into reading Rick Riley and then he just became a tremendous loser. And uh, yeah. Um, and then Sports Illustrated died. So, yeah. You know, yep. I happens to the best yep. of us. Yes. Um, Am I up next? I, I believe so. Okay, we got we got a little off track, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pull <laughs> us back in here uh, with a, with a pick that is directly inspired by the fact that I just remembered him from uh, from the mention a couple minutes ago. Uh, I'm gonna grab Darren Lee, who was a just monster so in 2014, 2015. He was so, he was so good. good. Um, he is also a New Albany legend, and so of course <laughs> I have to, you have to yeah. shout him out for that. But um, the I, I think Ohio State did not use him appropriately because I think he's another one of those guys who you can build your whole defense around. Yeah. Um, so freakishly athletic, so capable of covering tight ends and running backs, but also of completely disrupting uh, as a pass rusher. I, I don't I don't know if he brings a ton in run stuffing, but the way that he can track from sideline to sideline was significantly even you know ahead of its time, even in 2014 and 2015. And I just monstrous linebacker. that sugar bowl he had was so good. He like Ezekiel Elliott and the line get the credit for that, and for good reason. He he won them that game just as yeah, much as those guys I, I absolutely agree. Could not couldn't move the pocket because he was tracking. You know, uh, oh, who Blake was that Sims. quarterback event? Blake <laughs> Sims. Yeah, he was tracking Blake Sims all game. That was his job. It was just just go harass Blake Sims, and he got Mar he got Mariota with it too in the mm -hmm. next uh, in the next game. So good. He was so good. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, he rocked. Oh boy. Uh, I am up, you know, I'm going to go Michael Thomas. I think, uh, you know, we just fill out that, that wide receiver room or, or, or do part of, of filling out that, that wide receiver room. Um, obviously, 
uh, a guy who doesn't really need much introduction. Anybody who's paid attention to football over the last decade has, has known that name. Um, you know, uh, obviously, um, hopefully future Cleveland Brown, I would think. Um, I don't know if I want to get ahead of myself there, but... Uh, Lord willing. Lord willing, yeah. Bring him home. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, if, if the Browns want to do it and just bring home all Ohio State guys, I think I'd be into it. Like, just any Ohio State guy available, just pick them up. I genuinely think if they had followed, like, the just be a Buckeye homer and draft all Buckeye strategy for the last, like, for maybe not recently. I don't know. Their drafts have been pretty bad recently, too. But I, I think they would have borne better results than what actually happened. Like, I'm, I'm not entirely kidding. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, there there is a scenario here where oh, oh I'm sorry, where Cleveland does the right thing and drafts JT Barrett. But the, uh, <laughs> He's gonna, they're going to have to take him from Edmonton. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to trade. Actually, I think that's a fair trade, right? Jaker for JT Barrett. Although we might have issues. I I don't know if if is Baker um is Baker vaccinated. Because oh. we might have issues getting over the border. Well, he's already up there in the trucker rally. So I, I was participating in the trucker rally uh, during his break from social media. It, it's going to be funny, like when he, when we find out he's been posting on like Getter or whatever those websites. <laughs> he's on uh, <laughs> he's a break from Twitter, but he's on uh, he's on Getter it's now. Not like, so it's called like, like Gab, like the one with the frog. He's on that one. <laughs> on more racist twitter he's <laughs> somehow somehow more racist twitter he's posting pepe memes uh folks and we don't love that <laughs> you hate to see it um who's your next pick <laughs> uh i guess i'll go uh, with a linebacker um the guy who allegedly made kirk herbstreet retire from football um i'm gonna go aj hawk mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe he did. I believe he did formally make Kirk Herbstreet retire from football. I think we can all but confirm that one. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like, and I don't know if anybody plans on drafting his counterpart, but um, they were like AJ Hawk and Bobby Carpenter. Those were like some of my earlier Ohio State memories. Like, oh wow, like the cool long hair linebacker. Like, man, uh, man, just just symbolic of a bygone era for sure. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, that 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 2005 Texas game is a great rewatch because of just how different everything is, and they're they're showing the linebackers. I remember, and it's like the linebackers are on average 260 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> what? They're, they're how big? That's that's crazy. <laughs> the same size so for them. Probably like, and that's the Mick thing is, is trying like, to I, recreate it. So, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. The, I love that. The, um. Statute of limitations is probably up. I think we can all say there was probably some um, some things going on in the uh, in the weight room during that time, especially if you watch like any sport from that era. Every guy is just freaking juiced out of their mind, and uh, yeah, we love that. Um, bring that back. So That's right. <laughs> yeah, we need more of that if we're being honest. Yeah, statute li- statute of limitations is up. However, it shouldn't be because they should still. <laughs> Yeah, they should still be doing it. And I just want comically large, like, Thor-looking fellows. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, playing linebacker for me and just destruction. As long as they started at running back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A.J. Hawk was actually a running back the whole time. Um, (laughs) Tweets from, from, you know, if A.J. Hawk showed up at Ohio State today, he'd be uh, taking snaps at at, at tight end, even though he'd never played tight end before. Um, But, yeah, we we love A.J. Hawk. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Is that uh was that your second or was that, that was your first? My second pick is pick Michael Thomas and then we got real like, off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I I've uh, I I've really sort of racked my brain for this one. There's two that I think I I would be pretty comfortable with here, but I'm going to go again with the secondary. I'm going to flesh out my secondary a little bit more. I don't think anybody's passing on these guys. Uh, I'm going to grab Denzel Ward, mm. who I, I don't know how he has fallen this far because he was really, really oh, good. He was at that guy, yeah. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to grab Denzel Ward, and I now have a secondary here of Jeff Okuda, Denzel Ward, and Malik Hooker. And folks, I'm not done yet. I'm going to I've got, I've got more to track defense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have the best defense in the country. Okay. Oh, something that Ohio State can only dream of at this yeah. point. <laughs> That's right. Uh, in this in this arms race, this hypothetical arms race, I am going to take um, Jackson Smith and Jigba and Santonio Holmes. Mm. Oh wow! Another uh, Uber All American, I guess we can call yeah. it, right? Um, so so I I want to I want to make a three headed monster. If uh, Hopefully Trestle can convince Justin Fields to throw to more than two receivers, unlike uh, unlike Ryan Day. But we're gonna have JSN, Santonio Holmes, and uh, Tedkin Jr. Ooh, that is a that is a, that is a barn right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not bad. I have uh, I have very quickly run out of receiver that I can draft. <laughs> just corner. I just draft every receiver. Yeah, <laughs> you can you can draft a former uh, what's it congressman of the United yeah, States. Yeah, I, I, I could I could grab him. Um, <laughs> Folks are drafting James Clark. Uh, yeah, <laughs> legend. <laughs> legend right there. Um, oh man, I I I think that I am gonna grab a receiver, but there's just there's not a ton of great options, and I think that I'm gonna grab a poor man's Chris Olave here. I'm gonna get Devin Smith. Mm. I think that oh, I, I, yeah, I like the I like the Devin Smith Braxton connection, and I really like the inter the interplay between Devin Smith and Garrett Wilson, where it it really allows Garrett Wilson to work in the middle of the defense, fifteen twenty yard range, because Devin Smith only runs deep routes, and so I I, I like how those two pair up. I also I, I I believe Devin Smith was a pretty good run blocker, and that's going to be pretty important for all my receivers. So I'm 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 grabbing Devin Smith here. I'm feeling pretty good about it. Devin Smith, another guy, just he he was that guy. He was the right? coolest like, guy. Uh, that Wisconsin game, man. I mean his 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 uh yards per catch just yeah egregious. it was, like, what, it was 30 something. <laughs> yeah, he only caught bombs. That was it. Yeah, I don't think I ever saw him catch like an intermediate pass. Like it was just bombs. No, no reason for it. No. Why would he? No. Why <laughs> simply why would he? Oh man, um, and then I think as you're or is as is up, no, right no, 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 yeah, you're up. He just got oh, the two hundred. Yeah, yeah, I, I still got three picks. So I, it's my, I, turn. my my fault. I'm just, I'm just uh, draft taking all the picks. Yep. Who? Um, you know, like, and again, like, in risk of, uh, like, you know, sorting by too much by, you know, associating tackles with quality of play. I think Ray Rayquan McMillan. I don't think I don't think anybody's taken him I think yet. He's I think solid. I think that's solid. Yeah. Especially given the uh lack of linebackers. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's it's he was he, he was at least trustworthy at middle linebacker and there just aren't a ton of guys like that in the last yep. the last two decades. I believe it's you again, John. Oh right, right, right. Um ooh. I have got to do 
you know what? I'm going to I'm going to stay with that that 2015 uh, you know, defense um and I'm going to go with Sam Hubbard. Mm. I mean, obviously that was not his breakout year, but again, a, another guy who is around and just a solid you know, counter option to Nick Bosa or Nick and Joey, you know, like uh, he always seemed to be a second fiddle, but a, definitely a solid player and a guy who's had a tremendous impact in the NFL as well. I'm going to go with a defensive end as well. Um, I'm going to grab a guy who I think his, his NFL failures have sort of hurt how we remember him, but he was a freak at Ohio State, had 14 sacks in his last season. I'm going with Vernon Golson. Uh, oh, yeah. Was, just huge. Another speaking of guys who were uh, doing some questionable things, perhaps uh, <laughs> off the yes. field. Vernon yeah. was enormous, and I think that if you just having him across from Chase Young, the physical intimidation of those two, I think is uh, I, I think is is troubling in its own respect. I'm actually going to send you guys a picture real quick uh, that I will always remember of Vernon Golston. This guy, it's I mean, it's comical what this guy was looking like. <laughs> He was, if I remember correctly, he was one of the, like, it was when they were playing and when uh, NCAA, the uh, NCAA football games were a thing. Yeah. Um, he was one of the first guys to get that star logo on his name or, or yes. like when you saw him on the field. Yeah. Vernon was, yeah, he is an, an immense human being. I think that's the way you describe him. Just massive. Um, you know, symbol of a bygone era like when, when back in the day with just defensive linemen and and you know really footballs as a whole football players as a whole were just built like freaking houses right yeah and I, I think opposite the the you know very quick um very very athletic you know like smooth chase young just having a guy who is impossible to even get your hands on is is very valuable mm. for my defense uh I am going to go with Jerome Baker and Von Bell. Um, mm. Trying to shore up the spine of that defense is annoying NFL guys call it. You know, um, I think Von Bell's a little bit of an underrated Buckeye given that, um, you know, Malik Hooker basically uh, came right after him. But he was really good and just solid, and I can trust him back there, I think. And then I'm probably going to be playing nickel most of the time given that this is, uh, you know, 2022. Um, shout out Kerry Combs. Uh, keeping the four, four alive back in 2020. But um, yeah, I, so I'm thinking I'm just having, I, now I don't have a mic, so it could be a little bit, uh, cons- that could be a concern, but I think the combination of Shazier and uh, Baker just running around uh, with their heads on fire out there would uh, yield some good results. Sure. Yeah. For, and I, I don't know if you really need a true middle linebacker yeah. if you're running, if you're running a nickel and it, it seems like a, professional football coaches for some reason disagree with me on this it's uh, something i'd like to see more teams try um i'm gonna go with and there's not been a ton of defensive tackles taken yet i don't actually know if there have been any other than hayward played some tackle Um, there's not a super rich recent history of them i'm gonna go with jonathan hankins Mm. who was uh I, i remember not like super dominant i think he was like a second round pick or something but just huge body to have to move in there really really helpful against the run kind of played in an era where the buckeye defense wasn't great he was like 2013 2014 but uh he always stood out to me as being very strong on the defensive line so i'm gonna, I'm gonna go with, with him at tackle and uh i've, I've got one left at, at on the defensive line and i have really just no idea who i'm gonna grab <laughs> for that other time. yeah there is not another player who i want there 
It's Tommy yeah, no, Tobii totally. time. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think yeah I think I think I'll go to yeah just because uh, I mean I can we can we draft guys who haven't played a single game at Ohio State yet because uh, you know some of the guys that are coming in this year like I think Hiro Kanu could be that guy you know it's, I don't know whether they they slot him as a D end or a D tackle but he's a guy who looks like he could put on some weight and be that that immovable D tackle but I'll, I'll go to yeah yeah Togia was really good as a pass rusher too which I think is is valuable from a defensive tackle just because you're not going to get a ton of those guys especially at ohio mm-hmm. state for for whatever reason um john do you have another one here oh right right um i am gonna go you know this is this is probably a deep cut for for a lot of folks because it was early in the era um but i'm gonna go with dante whitner and i'm gonna put him at safety mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's a great just, pick yeah Again, just a uh, just an all around solid player. Um, you know, he he ended up having three three time Pro Bowler in the NFL. Um, you know, just a, a first team all ten, all Big Ten, all all rookie team, everything. Um, just an all around solid solid football player, and and I think he'd be a great you know addition as a safety here. I'm also going to grab a safety to pair with Malik Hooker, and there's there's not really a, another option that really jumps out to me as as being super impressive i'm probably not probably not terribly interested in some of the guys that we've seen recently at safety uh but i'm going to grab somebody who i think can play in the box a little bit more can tackle pretty well i'm going to grab kurt coleman Mm. um who has has sort of fallen by the wayside but uh was was just a really sort of reliable player back there at safety three-year starter um wasn't ever really asked to do too much but consistent tackler from that safety spot good enough in coverage and i'm not really worried about it with malik hooker back there um i, I like how he fits with this group so I'm, I'm grabbing i'm grabbing coleman i'm feeling pretty good about i it. like that pick i am uh i'm pairing up marshawn Lattimore with his old uh his old teammate i'm going gary on conley and then i'm gonna take mm-hmm. uh I, I do need a second safety he you know he's not like a he's not an all-american but i'm gonna go christian bryant okay he was good. He, he was, was. I mean, yeah. he might have been an all American. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think he and Vaughn. That's just a really solid, dependable. I thought about Jordan Fuller. I think Christian Bryden might have had a little, a little bit more uh, playmaking chops. But uh, yeah, I, I went with uh, Bryant over Fuller. Yeah, yeah. Fuller was Fuller was good. I just it's it's. I think Bryant was a little bit better of an yeah. athlete. Jordan um, Fuller being so good, like a starting caliber NFL safety, kind of fucks with my head a little. Not that he wasn't good; it's just like I, he didn't do that much, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, for my uh, for my last tackle spot here, I'm going to grab a guy who did actually play end in college, but he was 283 pounds, and so I, I think I pretty safely move him to tackle. Uh, I'm going to grab Will Smith, mm. who was just at the beginning of the Jim Trussell era, but. Yep. Um, he was a huge defensive end and I think pretty comfortable in moving him to, to tackle and getting, a getting another sort of pass rush capable lineman next to, uh, next to Vernon Golston, uh, to, uh, to round out that group. He was really, really good at Ohio state. I mean, he was a first round pick. Like he was really, he was really, really good. Uh, and, uh, I, I think that the, the distance from when he played has sort of, people have kind of forgotten about what he could do on the field, but he was, he was a really good pass rusher and, especially at his size, just a freak athlete. We also get Will Smith Jr. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eighteen years later, I'll get Will Smith. <laughs> it's a it's a bet that we're all making these yes, days. But that's <laughs> absolutely. Uh, John, I think it's to you for your two picks. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with, and this is an interesting one because, like, I, and, and this is a guy who has a little bit of versatility to him. I think I'm going to go with John Simon, um, who was, again, he played majority of his career at Ohio State um, at defensive line. But, you know, in the NFL, he played a lot of outside linebackers. So I think I'm, I'm going to stick a bit outside linebacker. We're hearing John and, and Rothstein, still a Patriot fan at heart. Yes, deep, <laughs> deep down. Deep down. Yeah, so uh, I'll tell you guys this. My um, my boss introduced me as a uh, – a Boston sports fan. Oh, to <laughs> big Celtics guy over here. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, if there's one thing you know about me, I am uh, not the type of person to correct anybody. So yeah. at work, they think I'm a Celtics guy. <laughs> oh, uh, no. <laughs> and it's, it's a lot easier than explaining. I picked Ohio because, like, I liked the color brown and, like, played <laughs> games with my brother. And, like, oh, yeah. Then I became a Cleveland guy. So. Um, but yeah, 42 sacks at, uh, or 42 tackles for loss at Ohio state, pretty solid nine sacks, uh, his, his senior year, just an all around solid player, John Simon. So we'll go with him. And then I also have another pick here and you know what I'm going to, um, I'm going to probably round out my, uh, I believe I have one receiving pick left and um, you know, there's, there's obviously a ton of great options for like, you know, Ohio state, you know, receivers and, and, and whatnot. Um, but, you know, I think, I think I'm going to go with the guy who had like one really high season. Um, and that's, I'm going to go with Paris Campbell, I think. Mm. Um and just, yeah, you know, I think we're just in a – I don't have a lot of guys from that era. So I think I'm just going to do that for the fact of we're, we're just going to um, build a pretty well-versed, a diverse team from a, from an era perspective. Campbell before McLaurin is uh, – that's, that's an upset. That's, a, that's an absolute take, yeah. Uh, see, McLaurin, though, I, I think that, that Campbell was probably better at Ohio yeah, State than McLaurin. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Although, like – I kind of think it depends on how you look at it because Campbell did like one thing. I mean, he did it really, really well. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he took jet sweeps. Yeah. And that's there's wrong with being the jet sweep guy, but uh, yeah, it's it's it is certainly. I think if um, you know if, if maybe they don't have Dwayne Haskins at quarterback in 2018, Terry McLaurin probably does get more more press in that season mm-hmm. than he did that he did with Haskins because Haskins was just so locked in on throwing to the first guy that he saw on every single play. And it was very rarely Terry McLaurin who was running down the field. 90 receptions though, is, is kind of crazy to just look at, especially like when you go back, uh, you know, in that 2018 season, he had 90 receptions. You go back to like, um, you know, that I was looking at earlier. We were, when we were just talking about the 2011 season and the highest receiving total for that year was 14. Um, and again, like, <laughs> are you serious? It was Jake Corey Stone- Brown, Jake Stoneburner, and Devin Smith all had 14 receptions that year. And, uh, yeah, the, the highest receiving yards total it had to be Devin. Uh, it was, it was Devin Smith. Yep. 
Uh, but yeah, that that 2011 offense was not really I knew something. It was run heavy, but 14 receptions. That's like unthinkable yeah. now. Jesus. Yeah. Didn't weren't like nine of Stoneburner's fourteen catches for touchdowns? I think so. Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> they just only well, threw I mean, it in. So. Yeah, it was seven seven of fourteen receptions for a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's some sick efficiency right there. Um, he yeah. only does, he only drops bangers. That's it. <laughs> nothing else. <Yeah. laughs> nothing but hits. <laughs> oh man. Um, I, I'm gonna pass up here. I I, I think I'm potentially losing Terry McLaurin by doing this, but I am going to pass up on drafting Terry McLaurin. I got to get a middle linebacker. I'm going to grab Bobby Carpenter. Mm. Um, oh, there we go. Yeah. Who was, he's a little bit big for, for the modern era, certainly. And I, I don't love that, but there's just not a ton of great options. And he was a first round pick and I've got Darren Lee next to him. So I'm not super worried about it. I'm also running a four, two, five. And so I've, I've just, I'm just going with the two. I'm going to grab Bob. I'm going to grab Bobby here. So give I'm not going to take McLaurin because I've already taken three receivers. I need to build out my uh, defensive line. I am go- who am I going to go with? I am going to go with Tyquan Lewis and I I guess Adolphus Washington. Mm. Just Adolphus was good. Yeah, he was good. We'd forgotten about him a little bit, but he was really yeah, good. Yeah, I, I was between him and Michael Bennett. I think I think Michael Bennett probably a little bit better against the run. Adolphus Washington gives you something a little more as a pass rusher. I'm just trying. So my defensive line comes out as Bosa, Lewis, Washington, Hayward, and I think that's a maybe not the best run stuffing line, but a really nasty uh, pass rushing line. So I, I think I'm happy with that. Sure. Um, I'm gonna grab. I'm gonna. I'm gonna finish out my defense here. I'm gonna grab a nickel. Um, I'm gonna. I, I think I'm gonna pick who the player who I think is probably the best nickel in ohio state history only did it for one year but he was so good at it i'm gonna grab 2019 sean Let's wade go. i don't want anything that's a great pick. i don't want anything to do yep. with 20 sean wade no thank you just 2019 please i'm putting him at nickel where he belongs he was so good that season and just didn't have the stuff to move on the outside but um he was an awesome nickel. yeah um he i i somewhat was trusting in his ability to move outside it it didn't work out um uh, he was a, like a revelation that year. I'm like, yeah, uh, he was exactly what they needed in that secondary, yeah. that, that spot. And you've got, you know, got Arnett and Okuda on the outside, but uh, Wade was just as important with what he could do from that, you know, also, versatility, yeah, versatility. Exactly. Like, he was very good against the run. Um, and he like, yeah, that's all there. It, that, and that's side, sort of as a sidebar. That's why you can't do that. Like Jeff Halfley cover one, cover three thing is just like, what you do because you need a very specific personnel to do it with a guy like Wade on the inside and two corners like yep. that on the outside. And you also need a coach who knows how to do it. Like, uh, you know, uh, Halfley did, but uh, that's just a little sidebar, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the stuff that they were doing with him in those like simulated pressures, creeper blitzes, stuff like that. Super, super cool. Um, and it is just, it's, you know, you pretty much just have to have four first round talents essentially in your second cool until today. until it wasn't yeah, <laughs> yeah. Until, until they stay like you know we're gonna keep doing cover one and cover three but we're gonna take all of the wrinkles out of it and also the players are gonna get worse well that's a that's a weird <laughs> probably a problem at some point yeah um, and also yeah. we're not gonna do anything interesting it's just that it is just that we <laughs> we go to recent yeah. plays on Madden and we just click X every time. 
<laughs> you got to respect that. You got to pay somebody $1.9 million to do that. It's critical. <laughs> yes. It is vital that, that somebody makes almost $2 million to ask Madden. Every, I mean, I would have thrown some engage eight in there. I'm just saying. I, you know. That's just, yeah, that's, that, that's, that's, uh, that's just good play calling right there. Oh, yeah. you, you stick with bread and butter, only call two plays. <laughs> what else? Yeah, it's it's vintage game theory too because they never know which of the two exactly you're exactly so yeah <laughs> uh john you gotta cu- i'm we're getting close here who are your next yeah we're we're getting real close yeah. here yeah, i I've think got, i've got two openings i think i do here. yeah yeah i think i've got two as well um oh wait no i would have to have three so i've got three yeah um yeah, the tight end position for for us is going to get weird. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, I mean, it's 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 certainly not an ideal position to to be in. So maybe I just don't. We we just opt to not. Um, to we're not taking do that. tight ends, baby. Unless you want to go four wide. Um, but we're, we're, I'm taking a tight. End. That's legal. That's actually illegal for Ohio State to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. It's the Urban Meyer corollary. Corollary. You can't have you know four. They try. They're field. trying to repeal it in the in the state senate, but there's just the gerrymandering has just gone too far. They... No way. Uh, <laughs> Nick Gonzalez is fighting. <laughs> oh man. Um, oh God. Like uh, it, it. It's you know now. Now I'm forced to pick a tight end. Um, This is this is this is when we get to the nitty gritty end of the draft. Um, I, I guess like there really aren't a whole lot to pick from, like from from that era that had like like a lot of of impact on what was going on. But I guess like in in the effort to try and keep as many eras involved in this team as possible. I guess I'll go Luke Farrell. I, I don't know. Like, I don't feel great about that pick, but great. Like, we'll Urban throw Luke Meyer Farrell. out here drafting Luke Farrell. <laughs> yeah, a great, great blocker. Can't you yeah. can't critique his blocking? Great blocker. And showed up against Clemson. So, you know, That's right. like, he did show up against Clemson. Uh, he's a legend in my book. Future Jag uh, Hall of Fame. I don't know. Ring of Honor or whatever. Ring of yeah. Honor. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I might have mentioned this. Like, I I right after Urban got fired, I uh, started a, um, a a Madden franchise mode, and you would be surprised how easy it is to make like Luke Farrell like your your leading touchdown guy, just because <laughs> the tight end. It's just like it's the most like effortless position that they put out there. They're just like, oh, he'll be open at some point. Um, but yeah, so so he's my guy. Um, so shout out to him. He's he's on the team. He he made it. Um, yeah. We, we yeah we weren't sure he would, but um, I guess if if we're gonna round it out, I guess I I, I have to draft another defensive lineman, and I think I'm gonna go. This is again another not super popular one, but fuck it, we'll do it. Um, Adolphus Washington, I think. I don't, I don't think I've taken Adolphus Washington. Awesome. <laughs> Rats. Um, all right, so now I got to go back to the board and, and find other defensive tackles. Um, 
but yeah, do you guys want to? You guys want to vamp while I while I think? Yeah, I, I was, I, the the first name that comes to mind here is Doug Worthington. I don't know why Doug Worthington is the the immediate defensive tackle of the future that I'm thinking about, of. Here. I, you could cheat and take Tyreek Williams. Yeah, I mean, I I, I was trying to like. I, I hope it's Tyleek Williams, I guess. He's so I'll say good. That. Like, he's looked so he good. so good. Why yeah, he... it's all good. Tyleek and Will, yeah, that's a cop-out. But I'm hoping, like, a year from now, we can have this conversation again. and like He's the number one overall like, yeah. pick. Yeah. yeah. It's much like Seven Banks was this year. <laughs> could, you, could you imagine Ohio State having a first-round defensive tackle? No. <laughs> no. no. Not, that, that's why it was such a hard position to draft yeah. here. Was like, yeah, um, you know, especially for like a, a Big Ten school, like you would think that, you know, big, defensive tackle wouldn't be that hard, but uh, alas, it is. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I so I have no such qualms with tight end. I know exactly who I want here. Um, one of the best blockers in school history. I'm taking Jeff Hyerman. Let's go. Uh, who was a another critical piece of that 2013 running attack? Uh, I'm getting the gang back together. I've got Braxton, Devin Smith, the the entire offensive line, and Jeff Hireman now on this offense, uh, and I, I I like how he fits with everything else. And I I do have my I, I'm eyeing something similar for my last pick too. But I uh, I will uh, I will seed my time. Okay, yeah, I think these are my final. I need a nickel and I need a tight end. So for my nickel, actually, we'll go tight end first. I'm going to go, I'm going to go Nick Vanette, you know, um, I don't have any strong reason why I'm just, you know, I could have gone, could have yeah. gone Ruckert. He's probably going to be a better pro, but you know, Nick Vanette, you know, touchdown national championship game. What more do you want? Um, and for my nickel, this is kind of tough. Um, huh. Arnett, um, more of an outside guy. Um, but he could, someone could probably play inside. Um, I hear, I hear that Eli Apple is available. Yes, Eli Apple is very good. good. Um, <laughs> don't don't tempt me with a good time. Actually, I'm going to take Eli Apple. This team needs a little. Uh, Let's go. This team needs a we little. Need, yeah, yeah. Your team's going to be nuts on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Justin Fields just saying like, "Yeah, no, I think we played great today." Yeah, Eli Apple is in the background losing his mind. Like you can hear him in the room hanging out. Well, Justin Fields is you, giving like default Madden answers. Eli Apple is like, yeah. You you have to have. It's important, and a lot of coaches say this. You have to have at least a couple cancers in yes. your locker room. It's very important that you have a yes. couple guys who everybody just really doesn't like. Absolutely. <laughs> I would love to hear, like, I, you know, whoa. oh, God. We've got, we've got a, we're John, uh, <laughs> just broke, which is sick. Um, Jeez. We got that live on air. Let's go. Uh, let's go. Uh, I was just going to say, uh, that's, that's a free, that's a free tweet right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see the behind the music. On like the uh, on the, the Bengals to see like who in that locker room is like okay with with Eli Apple tweeting like that like like who do you think is like and granted too like he did sort of make the play of the game against the Chiefs like if Dude, you really want to get up in the it. second half I mean yeah I don't know he's like 
but and granted too, like he is calling out guys that like, you know, he, he was calling out guys that he was going to cover. So I guess like in that regard, like, but man, he, uh, he's a wild boy on the internet. Yeah. And we, we do yeah. appreciate that. We wish there were more, um, more of those folks. And like, maybe that, that gets into a, a, a topic you discussed, Patrick, on your other show, the BSB pod about the drip deficiency at Ohio state. Maybe yes. we, we just need some wild boys online. Right. Um, yeah. <clears throat> we, we need more guys whose moms are dropping them off at practice. We, <laughs> yes. we need some, some cool shit. <laughs> yep. We love that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my uh, is it my last pick here? I believe so. Okay, I, uh, I I'm gonna go with this. Is not gonna be a this, it's not gonna be the most popular pick in the world. There are better receivers out there who I could grab, but I need I need that run blocking. I need somebody who I know I can trust on the outside. There's not a receiver who I trust more as a run blocker than this guy. I'm gonna grab Evan. I Spencer knew it when you said run blocking. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I want Evan. Yeah, I, I so my 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 receiving core here is Garrett Wilson and Devin Smith and Evan Spencer. A very funny trio. That, that is, yeah. Uh, but uh, I I I love the run blocking. I think that he uh, he is the opposite of Eli Apple in terms of what he does in the locker room. And so I'm uh, I'm completing what is essentially just the 2013 offense with Garrett with, Wilson. With, um, yeah, with <laughs> yeah, reverse engineering the uh, yeah. Oh man. I, I I like that pick, uh, Evan Spencer. Uh, you know he has some uh, some throwing chops if you need an opinion. Yeah, so so when Braxton dies, I know I can exactly. put him in a quarterback. <laughs> um, I think I have to draft another defensive back here, and you know what? I'm gonna go. This is gonna pain me to say, but like again, another guy from early in my career that like I I just I just enjoyed watching play at Ohio State. Um. You know, Dustin Fox was kind of that guy early on and like obviously a, a member of that 2002 team that won the national championship. So I'll go with also, Dustin Fox. Also, he can post, but... you know, Boomer Browns takes for you. So, yes, um... yeah, we need we need that. <laughs> Absolutely. Got to have that. Jesus, we are at one hour 17. Uh, this is by far the longest episode ever. Well worth it, I, I got to say. If you're still here, um, why would be my question. But, uh... yeah. <laughs> absolutely so uh i guess yeah is there any other guys that you want to remember right now like i i was thinking you know if we were going to do a true uh fantasy draft like 85 man rosters <laughs> let's go man roster, yeah that's, like a madden fantasy draft that's a, that's um, on the patreon you guys gotta you guys gotta pay yeah. us for that <laughs> i was gonna talk about mike nugent just for uh, a, yeah. a minute because he was just a, an absolute freaking monster, um, it, both in college and in the NFL. Um, just an all-around great, great kicker, um, you know, and, and a guy who did it forever, right? Like mm-hmm. kicked from from basically his his freshman year, you know, was um, you know th- through his senior year, and then he was in the NFL, I believe, up until you know, a record show up until 2020, just off and on throughout that time. That's a long time to be in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So um, shout out Mike. Nugent. Before we wrap up, do we want to sort of recap our starting lineups for the one loyal listener left and sort of give our general philosophies of what our teams are going to look like? Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, do you want to start? Yeah. Yeah. I can start. So quarterback, uh, we have Justin Fields. Um, don't need much explanation with him. Wide receivers, we got Ted Ginn Jr., 
Jackson Smith and Jigba and Santonio Holmes, just a really, uh, I'd, I'd say, well-rounded trio and pretty pretty electric. Uh, the offensive line, we've got the 2014 line. They were really great at the end, just uh, balanced, I'd say, especially run blocking. Uh, tight end, we have Nick Vanette. He's Nick Vanette. And then in the backfield, we got Zeke Elliott. For the uh, defensive line, we've got Cam Hayward, Joey Bosa, um, Adolphus Washington, and Tyquan Lewis. Like I said earlier, really great pass rushing line. I think, you know, I, I've conceded this uh, this group on defense might be a little bit susceptible to the run, um, but I think they're going to be uh, just locked down against the pass. Uh, at linebacker, we're going with Jerome Baker and uh, Brian Chazier, just very fast guys. Um you know, can cover, can go sideline to sideline. Um, and in the defensive backfield, we have Eli Apple, Gary on Conley, Marshawn Lattimore, Christian Bryant, and Von Bell. Um, maybe no superstars there besides uh, Lattimore, but uh, just a very solid group of players and Eli Apple. <laughs> um, I, I can I can take a next. So I've got running the show here, of course, the king of read options himself, Urban Meyer. Um, with uh, Braxton Miller, J.K. Dobbins in the backfield, Garrett Wilson, Devin Smith, Evan Spencer, and Jeff Hireman in the skill cores, and then the 2013 offensive line. Basically, my thinking here is that, that it's going to be a spread option, and I think Braxton Miller is the best, probably quarterback runner in school history and, and one of the best that I have seen in college football. Defensively, uh, we're going for havoc, we're going for pass rush, and we're going for really good play in the secondary Run defense might not be a, a strength, but uh, Chase Young, Jonathan Hankins, Will Smith, and Vernon Golston up front. Darren Lee, Bobby Carpenter at linebacker. Sean Wade at nickel. Then Jeff Okuda and Denzel Ward at corner. Malik Hooker and Kurt Coleman at safety to uh, to round out the group. That is unreal. Yeah, That secondary um, especially is nasty. Yeah, he, he started early and often with the secondary, and uh, that, that kind of made things interesting. Um, and my team just vibes, you know, really, um, you know, Ryan Day coaching Troy Smith is just something that was should have been allowed to happen if, if, if uh, Ryan Day wasn't such a coward and, and was able to interview for the job and win the job in 2002 ish. Um, but yeah, so I would love to love to see that uh, we have Mike Thomas, uh, Paris Campbell and Chris Alave as our uh, receivers. Um you know, some, some deep threats there. Uh, Carlos Hyde in the backfield. We're going to be just monsters running the ball behind that 2005 O-line that was just massive. Um, and then we got Luke Farrell uh, playing tight end. And then across the defense, uh, we've got a defensive line, uh, Nick Bosa, Tommy Togiai, uh, Tyleek Williams, and Sam Hubbard at uh, defensive line. Uh, our corners, Chris, uh, Chris Gamble and Jim DiCecqua. Linebackers, uh, John Simon, AJ Hawk, Raquan McMillan, safeties, uh, Dustin Fox, and Dante Whitner. Um, I think all these teams, um, you know, playing each other, I, I might lean. You know, I, I like I like what I've assembled on offense. I think uh, Patrick's uh, pass defense would be tough. I think all these teams would probably win the national championship going away, uh, provided our uh, our beloved coaches can get out of the way uh, in the big moments. But uh, yeah, I, I think this exercise uh, for bringing it back around to a Buckeye Homer uh, talking point just shows how much talent there's been here over the years. Um, and also like the guys we didn't draft, like Terry McLaurin didn't get drafted. And he's like a number one receiver in the NFL. So um, 
yeah, that was a lot of fun. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and we really want to, once again, thank you, Patrick, for coming on. Um, really appreciate it. And if you've got this far in the episode, we we owe you. So uh, I want to thank our listeners as well, as always. Venmo request um, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Venmo request uh, Ezra for, for a dollar for for listening this this far. <laughs> um yeah we'll post uh post his venmo in the in the, in the comments um but yeah we really appreciate it and thanks thanks so much patrick for for coming on we'd love to have you back at some point to talk about hopefully something more more constructive but uh even if it's just to remember some guys we're, we're always happy to have love you remembering guys yeah of course guys anytime happy to uh happy to uh happy to join this is my 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 debut i've been long awaiting oh, yeah. my chance but- to date the world has been waiting, you might say. Yeah, <laughs> slowly but surely working our way through the entire, through everybody you've ever hosted a podcast with without actually <laughs> including you. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so so we did have to eventually get to you. I'm sure Chase, Chase will be on eventually, and, um, you know, we'll just have to build inroads and try and get everybody else that you could ever yeah. possibly talk to. We are having a buck on next time, though. Yeah. We are having about a buck on. Yeah, that's and the podcast Patrick's- that I that no one knows yeah. about because it's just me and him. <laughs> every week, I, you know, we spend three hours just talking to each other on a recording that just goes into my. Computer. It's you, Nevada Belk, and uh, Ari Abraham, the Lakers kid uh, who like. Kept- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're teaching me how to be a journalist. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll have Patrick's father on at some point, just to yep. you know talk about Patrick's upbringing and where he went wrong. Um, Breaking down. Yeah, wait, wait, hey, listen, uh, Mr. Mayhorn, where did it all go wrong? Right? Uh, uh, he can, he can give in depth uh, explanations of the music behind the, the Kurt the, Kurt uh, Kurt uh, the podcast. That he's yes. be going back and forth through like uh, footage of yeah. you playing little league baseball. Um, I know exactly where it went wrong. I, I had uh, my my only ever near home run in Little League. Never hit man. one. I almost had an inside the park home run. I'm turning third base. He's the, my dad is the third base coach. He goes to stop me. No. He's successful. No. And he realizes that the ball went past the catcher, so he tries to get me to go home, and he shoves me. He just knocks me right no. over. So I, I, I'm no. stuck on third base. So I, I would have had an inside the park home run were it not for my dad knocking me over. <laughs> and that's a metaphor for life, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, to all of our, our listeners out there, you know, um, don't listen to your parents. Um, <laughs> ever. Yeah. We'll, we'll leave. Uh, this is another great episode. Thanks again for listening. And as always, go Bucks. Go Bucks. Not going to make Patrick say it, but go Bucks. Go Bucks.